Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are all about everyday innovators. People like you and me out there shaking it up, thinking differently, getting those wins, big and small, and making an impact in our worlds. And most importantly, I think leveraging the power of our innovative minds to do it all. Today's going to be a little bit different. So as you know, we interview everyday innovators from across the globe of all different industries, backgrounds, experiences. I learned so much from each of them. And I know that you all learn so much from each of them because I get the messages from you. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's so nice to know that the interviews are making such a big impact. Most recently, what I've been getting is a lot of requests for me to answer the questions that I ask other people, for me to answer what I'm most proud of, my biggest win, or what the challenges I faced and how I overcame it. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to talk about my everyday innovator style, which is risk taker experiential. And then I'm going to answer my own questions. It's almost like eating your own dog food. Isn't that that old phrase? We'll see how it goes. Before we get started, I want to remind you all that you know, it, in each episode, I talk about the person I'm interviewing, their everyday innovator style, whether they're inquisitive, instinctual, collaborative tweaker, risk taker, experiential, futuristic, imaginative, whatever it is. That is not something that is exclusively for podcast guests. I share their everyday innovator style because I want you all to understand where they're coming from, what they're leveraging, what they're tapping into to do and be their best just like you can. So if you don't know your everyday innovator style, or if you thought, oh, that's just for the guests, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to our website, go to launchfree.com, and I want you to get the assessment and take five minutes and take it. And I want you to discover your everyday innovator style. As you can tell from all the guests that you listen to, there's a lot of power inside that brain of yours if you know how to unlock it especially the innovative mind. And what research shows is while the brain is not technically a muscle, in this way, it kind of acts like one. So the more we understand how it works, the more we strengthen it, the more we go to the gym of innovation, the stronger it gets. If you're out there thinking, oh, Tamara, but I listen to your podcast because I'm not innovative. Well, first of all, I'm so glad you listen because in listening, you're going to drive innovation in your work and life. You're going to be more innovative. But I'm going to argue with you a little bit and say, actually, what's really happening here is that your innovative mind might be weak or dormant, like like a muscle that we don't exercise. So go to our website, take five minutes, get the assessment, and understand what is unique and valuable and innovative about you. All right, what do you say we dig in? So let me tell you a little bit about how I innovate first so that you can listen for it and what I'm leveraging in my answers through this interview, my self-interview. It's like a selfie for a picture, but for an interview. Uh, sometimes I crack myself up. Okay, so my everyday innovator style is risk-taker experiential. So let me tell you what that means. So the risk-taker side is all about innovating in the uncomfortable. In fact, I kind of need to get uncomfortable to innovate. 
people who have risk taker in their style tend to actually put pressure, false deadlines on themselves because that pressure actually helps them drive innovation. Risk takers tend to leap while other people stay on the ledge. They tend to be a little bit bolder. Um, sometimes you will notice a risk taker because they're the ones in a meeting where everything's going in one direction. They're the ones who are willing to speak up and say, I disagree. That's kind of the risk taker. So they're all about that innovating in that uncomfortable space. And then the other side of me is experiential. And experientials are all about innovating in motion and action. Um, experientials, if you have that in yours, you're really good at like bringing things to life and then seeing it from this incredible 360 degree view so that you innovate from all aspects of it in the moment, in reality. Experientials are very good at bridging the gap between theory and reality. So as a risk taker experiential, the magic in that combination is, is I bring bold and tangible innovation to the table. You often know experiential and risk taker too, because while they're very much about what's possible and what you can create, we're, we also tend to be very grounded in the here and now. Like we want to prove it. We want to see it. We want to play with it and touch it. Like we need to know, like we want to take that first step and put things into motion. So that's the risk taker experiential. So what do you say that we dig in? I'll start with my first question, which is who I am in the world that I'm in. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know, so I'll keep it a little short. Um, I'm Tamara Gondor, and I'm the founder of Launch Street, which is an innovation consultancy. And we have two things that were really are our spotlights, right? Our anchor, our product. One is the assessment, which I built because I was tired of people telling me, but I'm not innovative. I wanted a way for people to really see it, feel it, experience it for themselves. Um, I have a big dream of unleashing 1 million everyday innovators into the world. I think we could move the tide of so many things if so many of us were to be more innovative, which is really to say more of what we already are. Um, and, and the other thing that I think we're really proud of is our online toolbox, which is just a wealth of inspiration, insights, and information so that you can keep innovation a priority. You can keep flexing those innovation mu muscles. You can keep going to the gym of innovation. It's a way to avoid launch and abandon. I'm really proud of that. Um, I travel the globe, do a lot of keynote speaking to associations and conferences, host a lot of workshops for companies and teams trying to overcome challenges. We do a lot of deep dive research where we understand insights in the marketplace to drive new decisions and new ideas. So we play in the space of innovation, but I think what makes our work unique and valuable is that unlike most innovation experts, consultancies, whatever you want to call them, thought leaders, um, they really play in the space of initiative, process, culture, very high level subjective stuff. Launch Street and the everyday innovator method, all the stuff that we do is very much grounded in human centered innovation, which is how you innovate, how you drive results, how you think differently and how to unlock that inside yourself and in the teams that you lead. So that's me and who I am. And I like that I'm a risk taker experiential. So what's a recent win or something that I am proud of? Okay, well, here's one that actually relates to the podcast, and it's probably one of my happiest moments recently. So uh, let's call it about a month ago, I had Tommy Bagwell on, and he is a stylist and the owner of a salon. And as you can imagine, through COVID, he was really struggling, and but really innovative in how he dealt with it. I would go back and listen to that interview if I were you. It's Tommy is his name. I think it was about a month ago. And I was talking to him about, oh, a week after his podcast aired, and he said, tomorrow, I have some amazing news. He said, you know, thanks to being on that podcast, we actually had another salon call us. They're shutting their doors. and They don't know where to send their people. So now they're going to send their, their good stylists over to us. 
And he said that was amazing because for the last two years, they've had empty chairs in their salon. As you can imagine, people aren't coming back to work. People are scared to go back to work. People had to quit being a stylist to go do something else. Like they really struggled. They have this beautiful, large salon and no stylist to fill it, but him and his partner who runs the business and maybe one other, he said, we're finally going to fill all these chairs that we worked so hard to create this beautiful salon, this incredible high quality service. He said, but because of the podcast, that per- this other person heard it and realized, oh, I'm going to have to close my doors for other reasons. It had to do with rent going up. Now I can send my people over to Tommy. And I know that's somebody else's win, but to me, that's the whole reason why I do the podcast. I mean, there's really two reasons. The first is I think you all, all of you, people, everyone from the janitor to the CEO to the stay-at-home mom to the you know billionaire entrepreneur, I think you all have amazing stories and experiences to share. And, and that's the main reason I do the podcast. But the other one is, is to help you achieve your dreams. And I th- what I'm finding is that, you know, people come on the show and then somebody hears them and it clicks and they call them and that connection is made or that business is won or that idea is out in the world and that, you know, the resource is there. And so Tommy's just one example, but I'm really proud of that because prior to 2022, I was actually interviewing the quote unquote experts, you know, the people with the big books and the big theories and the big initiatives. And it actually kind of bothered me. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out why. And then it dawned on me that, you know, my whole thing is about the everyday person. There's so many of us and we do, we are just not recognized enough for what we do, all of us. Um, And here I was interviewing all these experts who frankly, just some of them were regurgitating stories from like 2005, 1998. I was like, really? I'm not sure that's relevant anymore. Do you think that's relevant? I don't. And I was getting really frustrated and I changed it to the everyday innovator and I guess that's something I'm really proud of too. I'm kind of talking in circles here about the podcast, but I, I, I'm proud that we're making an impact in people's lives. I'm proud that that impact is coming from the perspective of um, you as the person on the show getting something out of it and from the person listening, getting something out of it. So to me, that's like the triple win that I've always hoped for. So I'm I'm really proud of where we took the podcast. It was a big leap to do it. I will tell you it's, you know, doing five podcasts a week, the combination of the time it takes to actually record, to getting the people on, to getting referrals for new people, to expanding your reach, to all the editing and, you know, I have a great team, but still, right? It's we really we dialed. We went from 30 miles an hour to like 100 miles an hour overnight. So, I'm really proud of it and I'm proud of the impact. I'm really proud actually of the impact it's making. That's to me, it's my whole mission is to be the rising tide that lifts all boats. And I think this podcast is a part of making that happen. All right. So the next question for myself is share a story of a time or something that I did to think differently, create a breakthrough, differentiate myself, drive innovative ideas. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit back in time for this story because I have something that I think you're really, I think it'll make you laugh a little bit too. It's one of those stories that like, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. 
who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. So when I left my consulting job. So I climbed up the corporate ladder and then realized my ladder was on the wrong wall. Oops. But I had great experience, great mentors, great relationships. So I'm glad I did it, but it's not where I wanted to be. So I left and decided to do my own thing. This is when I started my own innovation company. And so I wanted to become more of a keynote speaker because that's a great way to get the message out there, to make an impact, to market yourself, make those connections, all of it. So um, I went from when I was working at the consulting firm, I get asked to speak periodically because of what I did, because as the vice president of a company who does innovation, right, I got asked, but I wanted to make it a bigger part of my business. So I joined a speakers association, one of the best decisions I ever made. I met the most amazing people. It shortened my curve. If you're getting into the speaking business, I highly recommend looking up your local speakers association. But there was one experience that really stood out to me as the time that I did it differently. So it's one of my first meetings and I happened to go at the same time that they have book swap day. So I guess all the members brought their books in and they put them up on table and you could like grab somebody else's book. So I walk in, I'm new um, to the group there. As you can imagine, speakers are very chatty. So I had a lot of people coming up to me and introducing themselves. It was actually, it was really great. It felt very uh, open and inviting, but each person would say to me, do you have a book? And at that time I did not, I'd say no. And they say, oh, well, they're not going to take you seriously if you don't have to book. You have to have a book. No, no meeting planner, no event planner, no conference coordinator is going to take you seriously without a book. And by the like eighth person that said that to me, it took everything in my power not to roll my eyes. Okay. I'm just going to be honest about it. I just was getting so annoyed. And I started to have a little bit of panic because I thought, well, shit, I need a book. Like, do I have a book in me? Am I ready to write a book? Um, is that the only way that I can prove my value to the world is through a book? Like I'm panicked about this, right? And then I had a moment where I turned and I looked at this table of books that all these people have put on there, some self-published, actually a lot self-published, some published by major publishers. And I thought to myself, well, hold on, Tamara. 
if all of these people have books and we're all reaching out to more or less the same person, right? Meeting planners, event planners to get booked for keynotes. I mean, it's a big business, but still at the end of the day, we're competing against each other. Then how am I supposed to get recognized if everybody's sending a book as their calling card? And I just, I had this light bulb moment of, you know what? I'll get to a book when I'm ready. I'm not ready right now, but I'm not going to buy into this assumption that you have to have a book to be taken seriously. I had at that point, 15 years of experience. I had put products on the shelves for Procter & Gamble, General Mills, Clorox. I had done marketing for those companies. I'd worked for IBM and Sara Lee, like, come on, right? So I thought to myself, all right, Tamara, you can do this and you can do this differently. So I decided that instead of hunkering down and writing some half-assed book that I would have to rush to get out there as my calling card, that I would actually create these t-shirts called Creativities. Get it? Creativities. Ha ha. And on each one would be a different representation of creativity and innovation. And is that, they're hard for me to describe over the podcast, but there's eight different designs. And I worked with an incredible designer and they're super cool. And they've got all these different designs and sayings on them. Cause you know, who doesn't want to wear their creativity on their sleeve, right? Like it's like wearing creative armor. That's how I like to think of it. So I created these shirts. I started sending these meeting planners and event planners, these t-shirts and, you know, saying, I'd love to talk to you about your upcoming XYZ conference and, you know, talking to your group about innovation. And sure enough, I got booked. I think in the first month I sent out 50 t-shirts and I got booked 10 times, which is worth well into one comma and five figures. Now my fee was a lot lower then than it is now, but for starting out, that was amazing. I went from zero to 10 engagements because of these t-shirts. And every time I would talk to the meeting planner or the event planner, they'd say, your t-shirt really stood out to me. One of them even said, no joke, and I quote, there's a lot of books on my table, but yours is the only t-shirt. So to me, that was a great example of thinking differently to create a breakthrough. And I really encourage all of us to think about those moments in our work and life where we fall into these traps or these assumptions of how it has to be done, but all we're really doing is adding to the noise. And I remember going back to a meeting about three months later and someone asked me how the book was coming. And I said, not great. I haven't even started it. I'm too busy speaking. And they said, well, how are you getting speaking engagements if you don't have a book? Exactly right. Are you laughing? I'm laughing on the inside a little bit. Here's the thing, though. Times have changed. I don't think it's as true as it used to be about the book. In fact, I think the rules of the business have changed drastically in the last year and a half. But I think the point remains the same. And I, you know, I guess that's another thing I was really proud of, of not, especially being new to the industry, it's very easy for people to tell you how things or should be done, have to be done, need to be done. But that's not always how it, it's not always true. It's not how it has to be done. So I'm proud of that. That was my story of thinking differently. So what's a challenge I faced and how did I overcome it? I think right now there are days that feel like challenges. So I guess instead of having one big one, I'd say for me, the biggest challenge is staying on track and on point on the days that I don't feel motivated. In all reality, there are some days where I am like wake up fired up And some days where I just think, God, if I could just sit in bed and binge watch anything on actually my, my guilty secrets, arrested development. I love that show so much, but 
to me, that's the biggest challenge I face is I think getting up on the, like getting going and really putting my best into it on the days where I don't feel like it. And I, I wouldn't say that I have more or, or, or fewer days than other people, but I have those days. And I think right now, um, you know, things are stressful. The gas prices are insane. I mean, I have two teenage boys, food prices are crazy. It's like, at every turn, prices are going up and up and up. And then you've got this thing in, you know, this possible war in Ukraine, you've got um, politics happening. I mean, it's just COVID still looming, I think. Um, and there are some days where it just feels really out of control. And like so much of it is so out of my control that why bother? And I am not, just to be clear, I'm not prone to depression, negativity. I'm an annoyingly optimistic, positive person. And so I know that if I feel this way, that other people definitely feel this way. And so I guess the big challenge I face is just trying to figure out on those days how to push through. So I've created a little, I don't know, I guess method for myself that really actually helped me not just push through on the days I don't feel motivated, but actually really get kind of fired up and get going. And on the days I do feel motivated, keep me at that level. So I have five things that I do. And these five things I do every single day throughout the day. I don't try to get them all done in the morning. I They're just kind of peppered through the day. When I have a moment, I'm in the right situation, but I make sure to get all five in. And I found that as long as I do these five things, that my energy, my enthusiasm, my excitement, all of it stays at a strong level. So here are the five. Are you ready for them? I'm going to leave the funniest one for last or the most surprising one. So the first one is gratitude. And I don't just mean that I kind of think about who I'm thankful for um, or who I'm inspired by. I actually, every single day, send somebody a text to just say, hey, hey, I see you over there doing your thing. And I just want to say that I appreciate you. Or, hey, I just want to say thank you for this thing that you did for me. It's like gratitude and uh, praise. So like, you know, I, I, the other day I sent someone's a uh, text that just said, hey, I just want to let you know, I see you working out and working hard for your fitness goals. Kudos to you. The other day I sent someone a note that just said, hey, I just want to say I'm really thankful for our friendship. Um, you know, it means a lot to me that we get to do these things together. So every day, though, I do that and it makes me feel good. So gratitude praise is one. The second one is five minute meditation. Now, I think meditation can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. For me, it means putting on some type of like guided meditation in the background, sitting up on my couch, closing my eyes, breathing deeply. So five minutes of meditation. And I tend to try to do it in the afternoon when I feel a lull or when I feel stressed out, it brings me back to it. Okay, the third one is a journaling technique called 369 that is purported to be something that Nikolai Tesla used to do, and it taps into the numbers of the universe. I'm not sure how true all that is. You can look it up online and you'll find it, the 369 method, and all this information about the mathematical brilliance behind it. I can tell you, all I know is that it it works. So what you do is you pick a phrase or a statement sentence that's kind of your manifestation, and then you write that three times in the morning, then you write it six times in the afternoon and nine times at night. So I do that every single day. When I first get up and I'm waiting for my coffee to brew, I write my little statement three times. And then in the afternoon, it was when I'm kind of between tasks, I write it six times. Then before I go to bed, I write it nine times. I don't know what it is about the 369, but I'm telling you guys, it totally works. 
So three, six, nine, I do every day. So the fourth one is, this is something that actually I would consider it helps me tap into source energy, like into the universe. And I don't know, like makes me open to receiving abundance. It's crazy how it works for me. So it's sing and dance. I will put on songs while I'm cooking dinner, while I'm cleaning, while I'm milling around, songs that I love, that I dance to, that make me happy, that I sing to, and I have myself a little dance party. It only has to be one song, two songs. If I have the time, it'll be a whole kind of like, you know, series of songs. But I don't know, singing and dancing for me, just they elevate my mood, they elevate my energy, and it just, it makes me feel very connected to the universe. So that's my fourth one. Now, my final one, which is one I... I told you I thought might make you laugh, but I promise you it works. And that is, you ready for it? I scream. I scream at the top of my lungs. I let out all the rage and anger and frustration and feelings of out of control and just all of that I let out by screaming. I do it at my desk. I'll do it in my car, wherever I am. And I know when the moment arises and I do it. That's my fifth one. And it feels so cathartic to let out that pent up, frustration, that pent up sadness, that pent up rage, whatever it is for you. For me, it's a little bit of rage. I I tend to be a passionate person, so it can translate into anger. Screaming has made a huge difference for me. So those are my five things. I do praise and gratitude and I do it actually to the person. I do meditation. I sing and dance. I do three, six, nine manifestation and I scream. So um, to loop it back to the question, which is what's my biggest challenge that I faced? Well, lately it's man, it's, it's gaining back a sense of control and motivation in a world that feels very out of control. And for me, these five things really do it. It might be totally different for you. And that's great. I, if you want to borrow my five, by all means do it. I just find that doing those things every single day, even on the days where I wake up feeling that, that lull really helps me not just get back on track, but do it with a little bit of gusto. Okay. So what does it mean to be, to be an everyday innovator? Well, I feel like that's a whole topping on itself. So let me just answer this one quickly and say, to me, it's a mindset. It's, it's an action. It's about seeing the world through that lens of innovation, about how do I think differently about what's right in front of me? How do I go over and around and through and under that brick wall? What I think is most important about everyday innovators or what it means is that it's possible for all of us. We're all capable of it. And that I think is the energizing part I think it's the hopeful part of what we can accomplish individually and together. So how do I ignite innovation in my daily life? Um, You know, it's funny. I'm in the space of innovation and I go to the gym of innovation every single day. And I'd actually say that the podcast for me has been a huge help with this because to me, part of being an everyday innovator, kind of driving that mindset every day is being open to new ideas and new perspectives and new thinking. So for me, that's what I do all day, right? I interview people or I go and I talk to people on stage, but then I talk to them afterwards and they share with me. So the more I can hear other people's stories, the better. Um, That for me drives innovation in my daily life. The other thing for me that is really important is new experiences. Um, And part of that, by the way, is my risk taker experiential. Like that's absolutely part of that. It might be different for you. You might be, if you're collaborative, you might be all about connections and new people. I'm about new experiences. So I, you know, am all for learning how to um, shoot a bow. I'm all for learning how to fix my car, like whatever it is. I just, I find that for me, routine stifles innovation for me. So I love routine for getting stuff done, being productive and helping me drive forward. 
But within that routine, I need to find little gaps where I can try new things or experience new things. So what's one piece of advice that I have for other everyday innovators out there looking to innovate, influence, and make an impact? Oh, I love this question. Well, number one, listen to the podcast because there are so many amazing people like you on here who have incredible things to say. And I'd venture to say you might learn the most from the person who has the least in common with you. Great innovation happens at the intersection of random. Um, my other piece of advice for you is, and this is so, I think at 49 years old, I really learned this lesson. This is your life. This is it. This is what you got. And you can make it bold and beautiful in a way that works for you, or you cannot. Here's how I kind of like to think of it. You know, there's the whole phrase that be the feather in the wind. Well, I'd rather be the wind. I'd rather be the one pushing the feather around, not waiting for the wind to push me in the right direction. So my advice to everyday innovators out there always is be the wind, right? Be the be the guiding wind of your own life. Don't wait for other people, experiences, opportunities to come knocking. You got to make it happen. That's on you. So do that and do it boldly. If you think about the people and the brands and the businesses that you admire or love, and even if it's a neighbor down the street or somebody you see on TV, it's always the ones who really dare to truly be themselves in a very bold way. And even the ones that we don't like, there, there are people out there who I definitely don't agree with, but I think good for you. Like you're you. And that's what you believe. And I admire that. Like there's musicians out there that I cannot stand their music, but man, do I admire them for just putting themselves and what they believe in and their work out there. And I think we have the same opportunity in our lives to do the same. All right. What's something you'd be surprised to learn about me, a hobby, passion, or experience. So this one's a little tough because I feel like I put it all out there. I don't know. Do I keep anything from you? I don't think so. I think I tell everybody everything. Let me think about this. Um, what would you be surprised to learn about me? All right. Well, how about this? Because um, yesterday was Mother's Day from when I'm recording this. I love sci-fi. Love it. And I love comic books and Marvel and DC. And um, I love all of it. And I'm a huge Star Wars dork. Oh, my gosh. I love Star Wars so much. I think it might be the best thing ever, ever made. So yeah, I guess that's what's surprising about me. Um, I've been to Comic-Con. I dressed up as Wonder Woman. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that uh, they should cast me for the next Wonder Woman, not as Wonder Woman, but as Gal Gadot's mother. I'm pretty sure of it. So there you go. That's what's it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for asking me. I so appreciate all of you. And like I said in the very beginning, go take the assessment. This is not something for a select few. This is for all of us so that we can all gain that competitive advantage in our work and life. And with that, Tomorrow out. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.